coming up. So I gained seven stone after having him. After having him, I was like super depressed. Obviously happy to be a mum, but depressed at my weight gain. Why me? Why me? Mm. Why does everything just keep happening to me? Some days you don't or you can't for whatever reason. And the best thing to do on those days is to just not give yourself shit about it. Yeah. And like you say, just either in the next moment, in the next hour, the next day, whatever, how, whatever that time frame is for you to go, okay, I'll just reset. If we're meeting every week, if we're, you know, consistently motivating each other and supporting each other, it helps you to stay consistent. If you get an easy win for yourself, yeah. you're then like, oh, I did it. And then when you've done it, you've like made a promise to yourself, you kept it and you did it, then the next time that you go to do it, you, you, you kind of like have a bit more motivation because you believe yeah. that you can do it because you've seen that you can do it. If we can just come together as humans and try and be compassionate and kind and support each other, then that's only a good thing for the whole world. You have totally got this. Welcome to the Things I Wish I'd Known podcast. We're on a mission to help those of us who feel way too sad, way too often, remember what it's like to feel alive and 100% yourself again. So whether you're here because you're stressed out, feel like your emotions are constantly hijacking your life, or you've just somehow lost your way, your host, Rachel, has got your back. Let's have all the chats everyone told us not to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Rebellion. She's a raver, misbehaver, and suicide survivor turned happiness champion. She's on a mission to bring happiness back because let's face it, it never really went out of fashion. This podcast may contain content that is triggering for some listeners. If you're sensitive to certain topics, please check the show notes for full episode descriptions. Thank you so much for being here and coming to share your story with everyone. You're welcome and I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I mean, what a journey. Like, it, it sounds incredible. Do you want to share just a little bit of back backstory with everyone? Of, yeah, of that's what fine. Was... So three years ago in July, I had my son. So he'll be three this summer. Exciting times. Um, but after having him, as many mums have probably experienced, weight gain. Mm. So I gained seven stone after having him. Um, this really, I, after having him, I was like super depressed. Um, obviously happy to be a mum, but depressed at my weight gain. I started college uh, soon after having him. He was five weeks old and I had to make this drastic decision. Do I put him into nursery to continue with education or do I stay at home and be a mum? And it was such a tough decision because there was so much stigmas about me putting a five week old baby into nursery, knowing that so many other mums would judge me. But at the same time, staying at home, I felt like, what was I doing to help my child? And it was so depressing not knowing what the right decision was. I did decide to go back and continue studying law, but it was a tricky decision. Months after that, once I'd got into it and I was finally getting into it, Millie was a little bit older now. He was now seven and a half months. Um, suddenly my mum passed away, which was, which was my main hmm. downing point where I literally sunk into depression, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to go anywhere. And I think from there, I started to comfort eat. I was already seven stone overweight. um, And then I just turned to food. And within a couple of months, I was around 20 stone. Um, And that's when it was really daunting. Like, how am I actually going to lose this weight? Is this going to spiral out of control? In three years from now, will I be able to even chase my son around the park? 
and the, all these different emotions, you know, started to build up. And there was days when I would lay in bed and just cry. And this wasn't just the weight. Obviously, this was I was grieving. I was going yeah. through a process at the same time. And it was That's really a huge grief. A loss of a parent is just I don't see there's huge. anything comparable to it. And I've been through a lot of other things in my life. But going through this was something that I was just not prepared for because my mum was fit and well and I had spent the night the day before with her on Mother's Day and it was the following day that she passed and none of us could have been prepared for that. So yeah, I was going through all of this and I was in a, I was with my son's dad who wasn't very supportive of everything that I was going through. Months later, um, I found out that he was having an affair and I was just like, why me? Why me? Mm. Why does everything just keep happening to me? So from then I kind of, um, it was either let this get worse and worse and worse or bring this back or do something. There's so much. And then I started to think about all the other women out there that would also be um, maybe experiencing what I'm, I was going through. Mm. And it was like, I felt that I was strong enough to get up and try and fight back rather than let this destroy me. Cause I knew that staying at home, staying depressed in that mode, it was never going to benefit me. I was never... It's hard to listen to that part, though, isn't it? It is. Like, I totally resonate with that so much. Like, when I was, like, really ill with my depression, every it's like me and my friend Kerry talk about it as the impossible task. It's like things that should be so simple, brushing your teeth, standing up even. Like, I'm not exaggerating, you know. It's like just the thought of having to stand up out of bed is like, oh, my God. And But then there's that little bit. And if you can, that little bit, like you say, that's like, I'm not going to let this destroy me. Like, that little bit that really wants to live, that little bit that's like, come on, yeah. see, like, push on through, you know. And then and it was my son that made me push on through because there was a point when I was just doing the, ba- the basics, making yeah. sure he was fed, washed, clean, and played with and yeah. even then the whole playing taking him to the park and doing the things that I knew I was capable of as a mother but then I was like why aren't I able to just get up and go to the farm why yeah. is it taking me five hours just to get out of the house and I started to feel for all the other women that could possibly or potentially be going through this and it was like how do I bring this back for myself first and then help others once yeah. I've figured out the formula And it was literally start a diet and it was literally putting everything down on paper and having a list in front of me of, okay, this is what I've got to do and how are we going to do it? Um, And it was even sometimes I'd have task one to do and I wouldn't complete it and something would happen that day, but it's okay, we'll go again tomorrow. And that was how I challenged and um, that was how I was able to overcome everything I was going through. Um, by staying consistent, even when I would have days that I would absolutely mess up. And even now, to be fair, I still have my days when there are days that I don't want to get up and there are days that I do lay in bed and I do still cry and listen to sad music. But Mm. it's how do I come back? Sometimes we do need that. It's sometimes we do need that release to let out what we're feeling inside. But it's about how do we get up tomorrow and change that? Absolutely. I really, um, one of the analogies that I use sometimes is like, you know, often what we do on that is, you know, we make one bad decision and then we go like, oh, well, that's it now. And I'm like, it's the equivalent of you're driving along a road and you notice that your sat nav's got the wrong postcode in. But rather than just go, 
oh shit, I've put the wrong postcode in. I'm going to change my postcode so I'm yeah. ending up going in the right direction. You just keep going in the wrong direction <laughs> even though you know that it's wrong. And no, it's yeah. like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like sometimes I'm the same. I'm like, well, you know, there's lots of things that I do now that are just totally habitual in terms of like meditation, journaling, doing therapy, whatever, like to keep my mental health like on point. Um, but there's some days when, you know, some days you don't or you can't for whatever reason. And the best thing to do on those days is to just not give yourself shit about it. Yeah. And like you say, just either in the next moment, in the next hour, the next day, whatever, how, whatever that time frame is for you to go, OK, I'll just reset. 100%. I'm just going to reset again. I can, And like you say, consistency, man. No one really talks about that. It's like, because it's so boring, isn't it? It's like consistency <laughs> and discipline, like two things yeah, that no is. one wants it's to hear. Boring. <laughs> it's like, how did you do that? You're like, well. <laughs> it's the key to succeeding. It is. It really is. Yeah. Um, because it got to a point where I started working out to lose weight. And then it got to a point where there was days when I woke up to train and it wasn't to lose weight. It wasn't to be healthy. Um, it wasn't to be fit. It was purely for my mental health. Yeah. Just so that I could feel good because I started to realize that exercising made me feel good. And then I looked into it more to understand the science behind it. And obviously learning about the endorphins that we release when exercising and how they make us feel good, feel positive. And I started to crave that feeling. Mm. And um, I believe that was how I was able to lose most of my weight. And I started to channel my pain, all the pain that I was going through, like those days when I would wake up and be having a bad day, it would take a lot. And it wasn't every day I could do it, but some days I'd say, this is it. We're going to go for a run. And I would literally do a run down the canal and I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn back until I would literally be in so much pain that I wanted to cry. And it was almost like I was transferring my pain. Mm. So the pain that I was going through up here, I was transferring it to the physical so that my body was going through it, that I would almost take my mind off of the pain up here because now I've got to run back and I'm all the way in West Ham and I look like <laughs> happy and I'm like, oh my God. So That's a long run, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like eight mile run. So four miles one way, four miles the other. So yeah. it'd be like, okay, now I've got to go back. And it's like, oh my God. Um, and it would just literally be transferring the pain and, taking my pain and putting it somewhere else, which was benefiting me in the long run and getting me to the goal that I was working for. That's incredible. And I just think so many people listening to this are going to resonate. I mean, I know in my journey with my body has been really interesting, <laughs> still ongoing, you know, over the years. And I think there's massive links between mental health and physical health. And I know that people are talking about it more and, and that is amazing. But I think actually I 100% use food as a coping mechanism and it's something that I'm working on and probably will continue to work on. But I think when you can, you know, similarly in my 20s, I, I, I don't even know how much I weigh, but I think it was around 18, 18, 19 stone. I stopped weighing myself at that point because I started feeling quite and it sounds bad and I'm not I'm not shaming anyone as well like I really want to be you know if you are at any weight and you're happy at your weight you know good for you but I, w I wasn't happy I didn't feel healthy I felt very unhealthy similar things you know I couldn't I started realizing that things that I used to be able to do I couldn't do and I had a very unhealthy lifestyle like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was wildly unhealthy. And um, and similar thing, you know, I used to walk past this 
place on my way to um, on my way to work, and it was like a Muay Thai, like kick, you know, sort kickboxing of like kickboxing sort of Thai yeah. kickboxing yeah. place. And I, and I used to walk past every day, and I used to see. It, well, you couldn't actually see in the thing. You could just see up the stairs, and occasionally you'd see people coming in and out, and they were all like fit, you know, like, <laughs> properly fit, you know, like buff fit. And I was like, oh, you know, and you'd, I'd sort of walk past, and then one day, I don't even know what happened. One day, I just thought, I'm just gonna go in. It makes you feel so rubbish that you just want to partake and think, no. Let yeah, me get I was like, all right, I'm gonna go, and I don't even know what made me do it. I was like, really shy, you know, like feeling really shy because you could see the people coming in and out. They did not look like me. <laughs> and I went in, and there was this woman there. And she was so wicked. She was so nice. And she was just like, you know, yeah, like, come do a session. I would love to have you. Like, super friendly, because I thought, oh, you know. And I used to kickbox some years before, so that's why I think it kind of caught me. And um, she was just so nice, and she was so fit. It was nuts. Like, we used to do an hour class, and she used to skip jump rope for the whole hour, solid. Like, nuts. She'd be going, right, now do this, you know, and she's just still skipping. And I I remember when I I was like, oh, cool, you watch someone skip for an hour, you think, oh, it can't be that hard. Oh, my God, the first time I picked up a rope, I think I jumped for, like, 10 seconds. I was just, like, dying. I have my boot campers going for 30 seconds to a minute, and that's tough. It's long, man. That's tough. (laughs) So, I mean, for your journey, how? so you've, you've gone through this depression, you know, obviously the death of your mother, that must have been... You know, I just can't imagine, like, luck for me. I've got lots of friends that have um, lost their parents, you know, but I'm very lucky I, I still have mine, so I can't imagine, you know, yeah. that kind of pain, to be honest. But where, how, you know, obviously this topic we're going to talk about is suicide. So at at what point was this kind of, like, got to that point for you? Um, it got to that... It, I don't... I wouldn't ever say that I had a plan to commit suicide because I think there are levels to it. Absolutely. Um, So I never had a plan like, this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do it or this is when I'm going to do it. But there was moments when I felt like it would be so much easier to just go and just... That was the only way I could imagine getting rid of all the pain that I was experiencing. Um, So there was often loads of thoughts and it was after my mum had just passed... And then those thoughts went away and it was like, don't be so selfish, your son. And then I found out that my um, son's dad was cheating and having an affair. And it was like, and I just felt like everything was going wrong in my life. And um, I just wanted to escape everything. And I didn't know, and I didn't know how to, how to get out of that rut that I was in and how to stop the pain that I was going through. Um, So I was in a lot of pain. And at the time I felt like the only option or the only way to stop this would to be to attempt suicide or to commit suicide to actually yeah. end all the pain. And it was, it was only then that I, cause I believe in God and I, I I'm not saying that suicide is wrong or anyone that does it won't go to heaven, not at all. But what I'm saying is there was a time when I would have never let those sort of thoughts cross my mind mm. because of my faith in God. Um, and in those moments, I, could relate or understand anyone who had had those thoughts or anyone who did commit suicide. And I just looked at it so different. And um, I don't think people understand that a lot of people may commit or think or have these thoughts because it's their only escape or it's their, mm. their, or they feel like it's their only escape. And it's not because they're selfish or they wanted to die. It was because they didn't feel that there was any other option 
to take them away from the pain that they might have been going through or experiencing. Absolutely. I think everyone that I've spoken to, you know, and in my own experience as well, um, always the same thing. There's always that lack of hope, you know, not being able to possibly see a way out of whatever it is that's happening. That feeling of like almost a relief, if you know what I mean, like the relief that I just won't be in pain anymore. I won't have to try and think of a solution. I won't have to, Mm. like, if there's no hope and there's no way out of this, then that's the only, only option. And I think it's super misunderstood because you're not yourself when you're thinking that way. You know, it it can. I think for people that haven't been there, it can seem selfish in inverted commas because you can't possibly understand the what's happening in the mindset of somebody that's in that space. Because if you were in of right mind, you wouldn't be thinking in that way. No. <laughs> been, and I, trust me, I've been in both positions. You know, where I've been in the position where it's like, okay, I've, I've had the suicidal thoughts and I've acted on them, but I've also been in the other position where I've had those thoughts and then thought, oh yeah, no, that's a really bad idea, Rach. Yeah. <laughs> For more information on how you can bring your happiness back, why not join Rachel's monthly membership or contact her via her website, www.welfordwellbeing.com. I think it's difficult for people if you've not really been to those, you know, those depths. I remember, oh, I remember like with the depression, you know, friends of mine that had had really bad depression before and like after I'd come out of my depression, like ringing them up and just apologising. Do you know what I mean? Being like, oh my God, I had no idea. I'm so sorry for all the things that I said, you know, like, well, can't you just clean your room? Oh, come on, mate, you know, pull yourself together or whatever in your life. And you think you're being helpful. You think you're like supporting the person, but you're like, oh, once you've been through it yourself, you're like, that is not helpful or supportive at all. That's not what you want to hear. (laughs) You you just don't know, though, until you've experienced it yourself, isn't it? It's, it's, It's a difficult it's hard to place yourself in a position like that that's yeah. if you've never been there before. Absolutely. We can empathise with people going through, I don't know, breakups or relationships usually because we've been there. Yeah. But to actually put yourself, a lot of people just don't understand it. And I don't think my son's dad understood what I was going through after I lost mm. my mum. I just, I just don't think he understood it. Yeah. Um, me being depressed or he would be like, you've got your we've got Millie you're telling me that I was selfish because maybe I didn't Mm. I didn't want to do certain things or I didn't feel like I was able to do certain things and it added to my depression because then I started to feel like I was a bad mom and I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do or I wasn't doing enough or I could Mm. do more yeah it's very difficult isn't it because I think sometimes people you know don't realize that what when you're in that space when you're that low it's very difficult to communicate what you need because you generally often don't know yourself what you need yeah you're like i want to feel better but i don't know how to get there or don't know what to do to, to make that happen and the people around you don't always know how to support you either and things that might be well meaning can often come across like blame or you know that that kind of thing and and if, you, if they don't have that level of understanding of like, hey, let me support you. Why are you suddenly behaving differently? Why, you know, rather than coming at it from a an angle of like, well, they should be doing this or they could be doing yeah. that. 
being like, well, hang on a second. She used to behave differently and now she's not. She's, you know, maybe some, maybe this has hit her harder than I realised. Maybe there's something. It, it's just very interesting, isn't it? I, I always felt very lucky that um, I think definitely part of my journey why I was lucky to heal I say relatively quickly to me about six years. <laughs> quick, quick. But you know, some people are stuck with it for life. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I feel like it was quick. Um, but is you know the support of my family and like having a really good like friendship network around me and things like that. And I feel like you know the one thing that really attracted me when I could see you guys all working out together was like this community. Do you know what I mean? It felt like yeah. proper awesome community vibes like women supporting women and you know when you're like I'm so here for this <laughs> I'm so here for this a hundred percent so how did you go from you know you okay you've kind of put on this weight you started doing these mad like eight mile runs you're like pushing yourself through your through your pain oh, the, eight miles like... ru- the eight mile runs came after losing a few stone I would not advise anyone at 20 stone to do eight mile, <laughs> eight mile runs I was thinking that I was like wow this girl's like <laughs> in, in, no, no, I had lost a lot of weight before I started the eight mile run. Okay, so we started at like quarter of a mile, <laughs> worked yeah. our way up. Walking, power walking at the start. Yeah. Um, worked your way up. And then, so then how did um, Seas Fitness come out of this? Um, so whilst I was on my weight loss journey, um, I started taking something called CMOS to help speed up my metabolism and help yeah. speed up my weight loss. And just Got for the Sebi, right? Dr. Sebi, yeah, Dr. Sebi. So yeah. literally, I started taking CMOS just for the all-round benefits. As you probably know, it has 92 of the 102 minerals that the body's made up of. And um, this was helping to suppress my hunger, speed up my metabolism. After a while, I thought, oh, this is such an amazing product that I've been using it for so long. And I saw the benefits for myself. I was also using it as a face mask. Um, so I started selling it and I made my own, started making my own CMOS gels infused. And from then I thought, you know, I want to do more. I want to sell CMOS for people to get the health benefits. But how can I really help women? The CMOS, yeah, it's great. It helps to speed up the metabolism. But I know that losing weight is a mental battle, not just a physical Mm. battle. So the CMOS will help you physically. But mentally, what can I do to help people? So I started um, at first, I just built my Instagram page, my C's Fitness Instagram. Um, and I was just doing like motivational speaking on there, like on my story, talking about losing weight, talking about my journey. And I was still on my journey. So I was showing people my journey yeah. and me losing weight and what I would be eating every day. And then from then I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually start. I'm going to, I started a um, personal training qualification due to the whole pandemic and things like that. That's been put on hold. Um, so I'm due to complete that hopefully soon restart a different course and complete them complete that um so since then I've been just doing different group workouts with different women I get a lot of dms from women who are overweight and feeling depressed and you know I'll literally I'll give them a call a chat I'll help to motivate them many of these women I've even given free sessions free meal plans because I'm not just doing this for money, but obviously mm. we all need an income. And yeah. I, I've quit my, I, I was working nine to five in a school. So I've quit that. And so I can solely focus on this. So now I'm doing like one-to-one sessions and I have a lot more um, plans for the future with it. So different mindset, motivation, talking about mindset. And I yeah. was interviewed by an amazing woman called Simone um, 
on her platform, Mindset Motivation. Yeah. So I want to talk about different, how to help your mindset. So I'm hoping to team up with Simone hopefully soon. She also attends my boot camps. Nice. And for us to maybe do some sort of collab, but that's for the near future. Yeah, man. It's, I feel like it's such a journey as well. Like I had a similar thing with um, my company. It's like, right, I was freelancing and doing all these different things. And I was like, right, I even need to just like focus solely on what I'm doing and really believe in it and go for it or not and it's a bit scary isn't it that moment where you're like and especially for you I imagine in a pandemic as well you're like oh but I think it's when when you know when you've got that gut feeling and you're like I can help people man I can you know just through talking about my story I can help people move forward I can I can motivate them and I massively agree with you like with you know I think weight gain and weight loss is often massively misunderstood as well like I work with a couple of people um through you know my my one-to-one sessions on on that and I'm they'll say to me like oh meal plan this that and the other and I'm like look I'm not a nutritionist I can help you with the mindset and I can help you with the emotional side and generally if you can change how you think and how you feel your behavior will change yeah, like the, the the food is like a solution, if you like. It's the same with any type. And I'm not saying that everyone is addicted to food or whatever, but any addiction generally is a solution to a problem that you've got. And even though it might not be a helpful solution, it might be like you're causing, do you know what I mean? In the moment, for that yeah. like tiny moment, you get some what, kind of relief yeah. from whatever it is. And then it might cause way more bigger problems down the line down the somewhere. Line. A lot but the, yeah, but then it's like the, you, your brain's not thinking that far ahead. It's just thinking on that quick like moment for of mo- okay a quick fix quick fix exactly so i mean for, for anyone that's kind of listening to this that's maybe like oh you know they're feeling a bit down on themselves they maybe what do you think has been your biggest learning so far that you could kind of share with people if they're starting their journey don't forget to meet us over on youtube for the uncut video version and additional content of all episodes you can find the link in the description what do you think has been your biggest learning so far that you could kind of share with people if they're starting their journey? I'd say um, staying consistent and um, and persistent, I'd say, because for me, I know that I had so many down days, but even if I had two down days and then had one good day, that was a start for me rather than just having five down days. Yeah. So even if I was going to have another two down days following the good day, it was about working towards trying to hit a whole a home run of seven <laughs> seven great days. Yes. So even if it took, it's taken me a long time to get to where I'm at. I lost my mum two years ago, um, literally two years ago last month. So mm. as I said at the beginning of the interview, I still have down days. So I'm still just trying to stay consistent and persistent yeah. with what I'm doing. So whether that's taking part in amazing interviews like this with you to talk about it, because talking is very important. I mm. haven't actually had any gri- grievance um, therapy since losing my mum, but I've had therapy in the past and I'm also a qualified level three um, in counselling and psychotherapy. Mm. And 
I can't stress how important it is to talk about yeah. what we're going through, whether it's a friend and if it's not a friend or you don't have someone to talk to, there are lines like Samaritans and right. just to be able to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, and I definitely recommend exercising yeah. to release those endorphins to feel good. So yeah, I'd say stay consistent with your journey. Um, um, with time, things will get easier, whatever it is that you're going through, if you stay consistent and work, take each day as it comes. Yeah. Don't worry about the week ahead or what you're going to, how you're going to get through the next month, get through that next 24 hours. And then we think about the next 24 hours after that. Absolutely. I used to do that a lot. Like when I was really suicidal and I had really bad suicide ideation every day, I would literally say to myself, just kill you. It sounds so depressing now when I say it out loud. But I'd say to myself, like, just kill yourself tomorrow. But then I'd always say that every day until I felt better because I knew that I would feel better. Like, I knew that if I could just get through that next day, put it off to the next day, put it off to the next day, then after, I don't know, like you say, it's usually about a week or so. It sounds. It, I would it be sounds- like, oh, okay, I'm coming out the other side now and I'm so grateful that I didn't do it, you know? And I, th- I think you can apply that to pretty much anything. And this is the, one of the things Roisin and I have said, you know, about that consistency, because we're doing it together. Like, you know, we, we message each other every night. We're like, right, see you tomorrow. And we've been taking the time down. So like we, when we first started, we'd meet at like eight o'clock for 20 minutes or something. Mm. And now we're meeting at 6.45 for an hour, you know, and it's like... Nice don't overload yourself do you know like exactly how you've said it's like over time you can start to change things like I couldn't go I'm really bad in the morning any of my mates listening to this will be like she's out and up and dressed and working out at 6 45 what you get up at six I'm like I know been doing it for a few a few months now Um, but it's, it's like you know I couldn't I couldn't have just started doing that we've like every you know every couple of weeks we'd take it down 15 minutes earlier and then a couple of weeks we take it so that so that way it's not such a like mad impact you yeah. know or shock on your system it's like okay just increments increments and you know we'll we'll push ourselves with a bit more time or a bit more reps or a bit more whatever but slowly over yeah. time like like you say like, gradually just build it up isn't it yeah. and even like the stra- even like what you just said about you know, you'd say, kill yourself tomorrow, kill yourself tomorrow. It might sound crazy to some people listening, but that strategy kept you alive. And that strategy, it gave you that extra 24 hours to try and work out a solution. And the next day you'd say it again. So there was another brand new 24 hours. Yeah. And that kept you going. And here you are today. So yeah, to you. Well, I think it's just, it is having these strategies you know, and that's the same with consistency and stuff like that, isn't it? It's like having a bit of a strategy for yourself. Like, I I don't, I've got to be honest, I don't think I'd be as consistent with exercise if I wasn't doing it with Roisin, but she holds me accountable, you know. And this is one of the things, like, with the membership and things that I've set up. It's like, you know, if we're meeting every week, if we're, you know, consistently motivating each other and supporting each other, it helps you to stay consistent and it is, you know, I find the same with mindset, with meditation, with with everything that I've done. It is that consistency. But also, if you try to do too many things at once, yeah. I don't think it works. I think you overload yourself and you start to feel like, um, you know, like you were saying earlier, how you start to feel like I should be doing more. I could be doing more. I haven't yeah. succeeded. And it's like I've, I'm total backer of easy wins. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, because if you get an easy win for yourself, yeah. you're then like, oh, I did it. And then when you've done it, you've like made a promise to yourself, you kept it and you did it. Then the next time that you go to do it, you, you, you kind of like have a bit more motivation because you believe yeah. that you can do it because you've seen that you can do it. 100%. But all the time that you're kind of like stuck in those other loops of like, I'm no good, I can't do this, like everyone's expecting this, that and the other of me. And then you go into that rock bottom where you go, right, and I've seen it, I've done this loads of times, so I'm not blaming, like, I put my hands up to this 100%. But, you know, you go, right, that's it. I'm going to, you know, and I remember the first time when I was like, right, I'm going to lose weight. I was like, I'm not eating any more bread. I'm giving up sugar, no more caffeine. I'm going to go to Muay Thai like four times a week. I'm going to like, um, what else did I do? I gave up, gave up smoking. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, of course, I frigging failed. Because you gave like up everything at once. Like who can do that? You can't. <laughs> <laughs> who can do that? And then you get, then you're like, oh, this is so boring. And I want to eat some chocolate, or I want to smoke a cigarette, or I want to do this. And then so you then you, you like go back against yourself. But actually, if I just said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to go Muay Thai like once a week. Yeah. And then I nailed that for a month, and then I start feeling better, and I start to see the benefits, and I start yeah. to you go, ah. Oh, do you know what? Maybe I should give up smoking now because I'll probably be able to skip a lot longer than five seconds <laughs> if I didn't smoke twenty a day. And then, and then you do that, and then do you know what I mean? It's like, like exactly it's, how you say that consistency and slow um, thing over time. And it's just the same, like with myself and with my clients, that like, on, on our weight loss journeys. Well, that's for my clients that are trying to lose weight because I do have some clients that just want to tone or just come to me for their mental health just so they can feel good yeah um, but for those who are trying to lose lose weight um i give them different meal plans and i wouldn't just give them a plan and say all right cut out everything yeah with every every month i'd change their meal plan make it a little bit tighter increase the exercise because i know that the first meal plan i need them to see some sort of result and once they've yeah. lost the stone they're happy to do my strict meal plan after that. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like, this is working. Great, let's do this. So it is just about improving with time, but staying consistent. So I've got one client, for example, she's been with me consistently since January and she's lost, or oh, from February, sorry, and she's lost two, two and a half, almost three stone. That's incredible. And we we, ha- we laughed about it the other day at how she was doing the ropes. Yeah. when she first started, it was just like, and now she's like got all the rhythm yeah. and the posture and the techniques all correct. And she knows what she's doing. And at the start, of course, she would have never been able to pick up the ropes and do yeah. it how she does it now. It's hard, man. The ropes are hard. <laughs> They're tough graft. <laughs> I used to go to this gym with my mate Charlie and uh, he's a lot fitter than I am. And uh, we used to do the ropes and we'd do this like hit type thing. So it'd be like one doing one thing, one doing the other. And every time it was ropes, I was like, please, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I can relate to that. I used to hate the battle ropes, but I love them now, obviously, having lost. I quite enjoy it, though. Um, I'm a lot better on them, but I used to actually dread them as well. Yeah, but I think sometimes it's funny, isn't it? It's like. Um, again, one of the things I love about me and Roisin is like, I'm really good at like lower leg stuff. Like I'm good at squats and, you know, all that kind of thing. I think probably because historically I've always used my legs more than the rest of my body, snowboarding, kickboxing, do you know what I mean? Like that kind of of thing. And I was a dancer for for many years and stuff like that. So, but mate, press ups or like (laughs) pull ups. Anything upper body, yeah. (laughs) 
I've got no abs because I've got this big scar down the middle of my body so they don't like connect properly and so historically I was like oh there's no point me even doing a sit up because it doesn't which was ridiculous that's a, a ridiculous thing you know there should be something that I focus on more because it's, yeah. it's difficult um, uh, but she's really good at that stuff as well and so it's super like good to work with somebody where and I guess it's the same for you like when you work with your clients it's like they can see in you things that they're trying to work on and that you know you can support them in the areas where they're a bit weaker maybe and and like promote the areas where they're stronger and make them feel good about those parts and I think that is often you know if you can find you know whether it's a C's fitness group or whether it's just a mate that's like going to motivate you and connect with them the the things that are your strengths they're going to be like ah I want to get up to that level and the things that vice versa you're going to be like oh yeah and you can like motivate each other and and hold each other accountable as well. And it's like what you said that um, you probably wouldn't be waking up to do your exercise if Rasheen nah. wasn't holding you accountable. So I think it's really important for people to have accountability partners. Mm. And throughout my journey, I had a friend who I was accountable accountable to, and she would constantly check and she would want to know if I've lost weight or what I've eaten. And she would tell me off. But at the same time, <laughs> no, no, she told me off if I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And, yeah. um um, but at the same time, she obviously knew what I was going through, grieving it. So she would, she'd understand if I, I've had a bad day, we'd talk about the bad day. And it's so important to have a good network of friends and yeah. people who can support and motivate you. And we're in the 21st century. Instagram is amazing. So many different motivational speakers, um, people doing fitness, people talking about mental health, people like yourself who can also be found on Instagram. Mm. And, you know, and from there they can find those platforms to try and find the opportunities to talk about what they're going through or whether they want to find someone who they can get involved with fitness, myself, etc. So (laughs) it's just, there's so many different avenues that we can use to get support today. So I think it's great that we have these different support systems that we can use. I agree completely. And I think, you know, just like you said, coming on, sharing the story, like if one person can get benefit out of that from hearing that. And I think the more people um, that are open and and happy to, because I realise like not everyone is going to be comfortable sharing their story. You know, there's still a lot of stigma around lots of things right even you know the stigma around weight stigma around um mental health stigma around even certain types of illnesses do you know what I mean like physical 100%. illnesses it's like certain ones it's like oh poor person other ones it's like oh yeah you know oh, shouldn't have had that lifestyle choice if you've yeah do you know what I mean? it's just yeah. so judgmental and I think actually if if we can just come together as humans and try and be compassionate and kind and support each other then that's only a good thing 100%. for the for the whole world and I think when you start to change yourself like I've noticed it massively especially with like now that I don't really drink alcohol like maybe once a year um you <laughs> can't give up New Year's Eve um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, thought, this year I, I thought it would have been Christmas <laughs> No, it's a weird thing. Um, I think because I never had, like, an addiction or it's just because of my mental health, like, alcohol is is not depression's friend for me, you know. Um, But it's, like, interesting then a lot of my other friends that are suddenly like, oh, how are you doing that? Oh, and you still go out? Oh, and you, you know, 
And I'm like, yeah, and I, and I don't hate myself for two weeks afterwards. It's great, you know. But it's like as you put those changes in and you start to look and feel and um, feel good about yourself and your confidence grows and you start to... Um, I don't know, I always call it badass beacon. You know, like you're like this beacon of light, like boom. And everyone's like, fuck man, how are you doing that? <laughs> so it's like the more beacons that we can have, you know, like be the beacon for your friends, for your family. Like it doesn't even have to be on Instagram or, you know, going on podcasts or doing whatever. Like you can just be that beacon of light for like your community. Like even if it's just your free mates or your you know your family members or whatever or some community that you might be part of it's like actually when you start to become an the the best version of yourself it feels so good other people like can't help but get on board they're like how are you doing that it's contagious isn't it they just want to be a part of it so yeah I agree completely Uh, so what one thing do you wish you'd known about you know grief about weight loss what you know that if you could go back and kind of write a little love letter to a younger you what what one thing do you wish you'd known um I guess with the weight loss I wish that I would have I wish that I for example I knew it was possible at the time but I wish I would have believed in myself more because Mm. I don't have many pictures of me and my son when he was a baby because I was so overweight, I didn't want to take any pictures of myself. I couldn't stand to see myself on camera. Um, whereas now I wish I had, because I wish I had them to look back at. Mm. I wish I just had believed in myself more and knew that. And, and I wish I knew that at the time. No, I guess I wish that I would have seen it as anything was possible. I didn't see it since, since achieving my target, even though I've still got a stone to lose. Um, I now believe and know that anything is possible. And that is why I've started Seize Fitness. And that is why I will continue to strive. And I'm going to help hundreds and thousands of women, hopefully, in the next Not hopefully, you are. You are. I already am <laughs> helping many, but I'm hoping I get to the thousands bracket yeah. in the near future. Um, you will. So, yeah, that's the aim for me. And I just wish that I knew that anything was possible and anything that we really put our mind to, we can achieve and our mind is the most powerful tool in our body and the same way it can send us into depression, it can, it can bring us out of there as well. It just depends how we channel it and how we choose to, how we choose to channel our mind basically and where we choose to put our thoughts and how we choose to allow those thoughts to manifest and what we do with those thoughts, because we can have these sad, upsetting thoughts, but how can we channel them and get away from them? So just Absolutely. believing in ourselves, in myself more would have been what I would have told myself three years ago. Believe yes. Believe in oh, yourself. I literally love your energy so much. Thank, so you. thank you so much for being here. It's been You're such a welcome. pleasure to chat to you. And I'm definitely, I'll see you in boot camp very soon. <laughs> and I'm going to be there. You're going you're gonna to see me on those ropes. I'll be like, I'm not crying, I'm sweating. I'll be standing <laughs> right beside you like, come on, Ray, come on. <laughs> Oh, so good so if people want to find you and they're like oh my god she sounds amazing how am I going to get involved like what's the best way for them to get in um, touch with you just to follow me on Instagram so that's C's S-E-A-S underscore fitness underscore 
Fab. I'll put all the links below as always. Thank you Thank so much you. for being here. It's been such You're a joy. You're very welcome. Thank and you. And to all the listeners, as always, I will speak to you again very soon. Much love. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as Rachel enjoys making this podcast. Why not share it with a friend in need of some heartwarming inspiration? And if you really love it, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps us reach and inspire more people. Thanks for listening. It's not okay to just be okay. You have totally got this.